United States submarine base at Key West, Florida. A dispatch that quoted President Truman's press secretary, Charles Cross, as saying that President Truman has no knowledge of any secret project by this government that would give substance to the existence of such objects. Ross also said that both the Air Force and the Navy deny that such objects Watching it like go down and down and down and down like it was supposed to happen at 11 now it's supposed to happen at 3 and then it was supposed to happen at 6 and I'm just looking outside and I'm like like a slight drizzle where yeah where yeah it was like 100% everyone was talking about it like you better leave early for work on Friday you better plan ahead mm-hmm. like, what why like it's a 100% chance of snowmageddon yeah I was like I already lived through snowmageddon mm-hmm. there's two mm-hmm. yeah so we'll see. My car will Tokyo drift through a fucking snowflake. So I'm rolling <laughs> the dice on if I get to work tomorrow or not. Yeah, I feel that. Let me tell you, there was a wreck on my way to work. And it was so surreal because I get up for the, at the crack of dawn to go to work. So it was super dark. And it was like raining. Mm-hmm. And um, the cops had put flares down to move people out of the lane because it happened on the off ramp. So you mm-hmm. were, we weren't going too fast. And then, so it was enough for people to be stopped. And so it was dark, it was raining, there were all these flares, and what had happened was one car had rear-ended one car, which had rear-ended another car. It was one of those. Oh, I love so those. nobody, I don't think anyone was hurt. I, there was no ambulance, but I saw people, like, out of their cars filling mm-hmm. out paperwork. But the trippy part was, as I was flipping through channels, I got to, like, a Christmas hymn, and it was, like, the Star of Bethlehem, I think. But it was the real, real churchy version where all the monks are singing it. Mm-hmm. So it was, like... and i'm driving slow motion in the rain at the crack of fucking dawn and there's all these flares in the road with this like loud booming christmas hymn of all these monks singing and i was like i'm in a beginning of a movie yeah or a music video yeah that sounds terrifying it set my whole day off i bet you know i'm gonna be real with you i'm not feeling it this year christmas yeah me either. I've just decided to drink and be sad. I mean, but I do that every day. It's the looming threat of COVID. I'm so over people not taking it seriously mm-hmm. that it's like, no, I'm not going to do anything to protect you or myself. I'm like, well, then I'll just, I guess I'll just stay home. But that threat doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Like, yeah, stay home, you fucking piece of shit. I'm yeah. Like, oh, okay. I guess I will. Yeah. It's weird. Like,. So I never had beef with Christmas. Mm-hmm. Like, it was by no means my favorite holiday, but I had no beef with it. Like, you know how some people are like, bro, fuck Christmas. Blah, 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 yeah. give, and they're all fucking weird about it and shit. That was never my deal. I was like, yeah, I, I like it. I like participating in holidays. Uh, I don't do it in a religious sense. I do it as kind of a like, we're all dumb little humans on this floating fucking rock. And these are the weird little things we do yeah. to, to keep each Christmas other motivated. Is fun as hell. You, right? you get presents, you give presents. Yeah. It's like a motivation, yeah. right? It's weird. And, um, and it also acts as like a reminder of time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a place mark, right? right? To be like, Oh, you know, I feel like all of that is out the window. I feel like I could sleep through it. Yeah. I feel like I could just sleep there. It wouldn't matter to me. And like, I've gotten presents for people and I'm excited to give them to them. 
but I'm also just kind of like numb. Yeah. And it sucks. Christmas is normally a huge deal for my family. Not even doing anything this year. Yeah. I was like, what are we doing for Christmas? Like, we don't feel like doing anything. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, then... Yeah. I will watch Star Wars at home. Right? I'm like, fuck. It sucks, man. Like, I went to go make, like, a little video of, like, things that have happened during the year that I actually did enjoy. And it was supposed to be very um, uplifting in mm-hmm. a way. Right? And I put it behind music or like footage, audio footage of the of last year's of 2020's New Year's Eve countdown on Times Square. And um, what ended up happening was it was creepy to me. It it felt surreal and ominous and melancholy. Mm -hmm. And it felt like not authentic to put all of these kind of like silly little videos that I had throughout this year, starting at the beginning before the shutdown. Yeah. You know, um, Trevor and I got to go to LA and then like, it was my friend's birthday and like, and it was like these very intense, lots of people having a good time. And then just like he and I, yeah. And, um, it felt like I'm very thankful to have, um, had, have had a partner through this, but, it still was like a weird melancholy reminder. And so then I was like, I feel like I can't put this out there. So in between each video, I put like the news story of the month, the COVID yeah. headline of that month as it was happening. And then it became just a straight up horror movie. And I was like, okay, well, this is it. It is the beginning of any <laughs> horror movie where people are all hanging out and yeah. they slowly realize something's a muck. Mm-hmm. And then the descent into like hoarding shit yeah. and then attacking your neighbors. Yeah, it was it was supposed to be like a really wholesome little video and then it became uncomfortable and then I felt like it wasn't authentic. So then I added the anxiety of the that month's top headline in between each video and it turned into a fucking nightmare. So um, that's kind of how I feel about everything as a whole. Um <laughs> I really and like we haven't even had it bad, you know. We're fine. There's there's 80 million people who are being pushed into poverty who weren't before because of COVID, and um, like that's not us, you yeah. know. Like, and and if it, it's affecting me like this way, and so, like my everyday is a little jumbled, and I don't give a shit about things anymore. Um, how do those people feel, you know? I don't even know. All the people that they threw out in the little homeless camps that pop up in Utah now and then. I was mm-hmm. reading some of their stories because everyone's like, just go to a shelter. And one guy's like, I can't go to a shelter because they'll split me and my family up. Like, mm-hmm. I have to make sure my wife is okay. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Because normal people, and I don't want to say homeless people aren't normal, but you, but you know what I mean? Like, people who were in our position yesterday are now super homeless. Like yes. It's not the mental illness choices mm-hmm. that people want to chalk mm-hmm. it up to because they don't want to agree that something's so broken in America that this could happen. Yes. People who want to work and don't want to be homeless are homeless now mm-hmm. and they're living on the streets because the last thing that they have is family. And there's also a roulette to get into mm-hmm. homeless shelters right now. Yeah. You can't just kick in the door and then they don't just like feed and clothe you and make your life better. Like you yeah. have to go file all this paperwork and the people who have like families aren't willing to be split up so then they go and stay in these tents and the cops come and steal all their shit yep 
That is exactly what is happening. That's what happened this time last year when they did that big raid of the homeless camps Mm -hmm. downtown. And um, that, uh, as we saw last week, is what's happening again this this year um, in Utah and probably other big cities around the country. And um, it's unfortunate because, because of COVID, we're now seeing people who, again, like you were saying, we're living a middle class, maybe even lower middle class life mm-hmm. at the beginning of the month and are now um, living in a tent on a street corner. Yeah, if I, I'm sure you're the same way. If I didn't have a person to fall back on financially, like moving in with my dad or whatever, mm-hmm. paycheck or two away from being homeless. If I was Oh, absolutely. I, I am. I, every day I'm a paycheck away. If I didn't have if I didn't have any support system, friends and family to go to, um, mm-hmm. it would be over for me. If a paycheck didn't come, if I couldn't make yeah. rent one month, you know. And a lot of people right now are thinking like we live in a pandemic. They put that federal law that says you can't evict people. That's not what's happening in Utah. No, absolutely, that not. is not what's happening in Utah. They're evicting people. They're, They're not, not evicting the corporations or the CEOs no. who are not spending the money because they are able to afford lawyers to find the loopholes. The people that it's supposed to help are getting screwed. Exactly. Sure. So also just like that's what's happening. Um. So anyway, yeah. Uh, I f- what a better way I felt like to um get rid of this year than to go over some Victorian death practices. Mm -hmm. Um, What I know of, like, topically before reading more into it, and I'll assume you the same, we all kind of knew that, like, the Victorian era was a little bit morbid and they did things a little bit weird. Mm -hmm. Um, And if there's one thing I've learned, like, reading not just Caitlin Doty, but other people who are, who've had to adapt in COVID, um, and are trying to learn new ways to like mourn and grieve. Um, a lot of them say, pretend you're back in like the Victorian era. Wear black, hold something mm-hmm. close to you for months, put a black wreath on your door. They even make pins now that say, please be kind to me, I'm grieving. Yeah. Um, mourn, like feel. And um, for lack of like a nuanced term, be dramatic about it. The Victorian era didn't just come about its more its morbid curiosity because everyone woke up and decided they were goth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because they went through the Black Plague and they went through like true crime and tragedy and rapid increasing mortality rates. Um, and it's how they coped as a society for a period of time. And it wasn't just mourning people. It was also like mourning what was happening around them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like super appropriate for us right now. Um, I think sometimes the best celebration is a little bit of grief. Um, yeah. So I wanted us to talk about it because there's a lot of like interesting shit and it seems kind of relevant and fitting and a perfect way to like end the year and bring in the new. Like, let's fucking mourn it like we're going to a funeral. Yeah. Rip this year. Rip this year. And I'm going to be dramatic about being sad about it. You, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Um, in the history of the United Kingdom, the Victorian era was the period of Queen Victoria's reign from June 20th, 1837 
until her death on January 22, 1901. This era did tie into what was going on in the Americas and the rise of spiritualism. Historians look back on the Victorian era as having a morbid fascination and obsession with death and dying and coined the era as, quote, cult of death. This was a period of time where customs and practices relating to death were societal norms. Some historians would say the strict rules and regulation of mourning became, oh God, let's see if I can say this, fetish, fetish, fet, I can't. Fetishize? No, it's What's like the word? fetish and then istic. Fetish. Fetish. Fetishistic. Fetid- yeah, I can't. Fish sticks. Fish sticks. Fish sticks. I literally was about to give my brain a fucking stroke. <laughs> That's a direct quote, too. I couldn't even, like, paraphrase it. Can I just say rectilineator? I could not say it throughout the whole Concave Earth episode, and I've just been kicking down every goddamn door I see and going, rectilineator. Can't rectilineator. say it Rect- Say it now. Anyway. Rectilineator. Rectilineator. Sounds rectilineator. Um, fetishistic. Oh, fuck fetishistic. it. I don't know if I don't care. Fish sticks. <sighs> it was it, they, it was fetishy. Okay. <laughs> as far as context goes, the 1800s gave way to a rising middle class and life expectancy increase. But we can point to a few specific things. 1861, when Queen Victoria became a widow, R.I.P. Prince Albert, and also, yeah, fun fact, Dick it's that, yep, di- good old Dick Piercing, <laughs> that is the guy who the Prince Albert is named after, and just fun history fact, he was, um, it was said that he got the piercing done prior to his marriage to the Queen around 1825, so that's why it's named that. Why did he get it pierced? Bitch, I don't fucking know. I, I'm not a historian. Well, I that's didn't... probably why she mourned him for 11 years. Until 40, the... dude. I thought it was like 40. Well, heavy mourning for 11 years and then mourning. Yeah, heavy mourning for 11 and just fully was like, nope, for 40. Um, yeah, I would too. Have you ever fucked someone with a dick piercing? I haven't. Or a clip piercing? No. Titty piercings? Yes. It's fun. Um, you know... If someone is listening who happens to be in love with me right now, please don't. Stop now. I fucked a dude with a dick piercing. Honestly, one of the biggest one of the biggest dicks I've ever seen. He had rock hard abs that you could like fucking do your laundry on. But I don't think it was a Prince Albert. Are you ready for this? Yeah. It went straight through. Okay. It went straight through. Is that like called a Jacob's Ladder or something? A Jacob's Ladder. I'd be I went Jacob's Ladder. <laughs> I know what I thought. Let me look up types of dick piercings. And are you ready for that? Because the Prince Albert, I think, is just like dick hole lip ring, right? Like a hoop, like a dick hole lip ring. Okay. Um, he had it straight through, baby. Straight fucking through. And it was Wait, like an industrial or like down into the pee hole? Down in. So where did it come out at? If this is me holding my dick. Yeah. So straight, so he like skewered it sideways. So he had top a hot to dog. Bottom. Top to bottom. Yeah. Top to bottom. No, you went through, like you were perpendicular. Not, not sideways, up, down, top to bottom. Like, let me look. Is it like this? Let me see. Like that? No, dude. Or like that. That's on top. So if it's on top, if it goes through the pee hole and out if to the it bottom the, of the mushroom it's a, it's of the head, Albert. it's a Prince Albert. If it's a hoop, that goes to the pee hole up through the top of the head. It's called a reverse Prince Albert. And then if it's like a barbell that goes through the pee hole and then like reel down into the No, it's that one. Up, 
That's what I'm saying. You, it's a skewer. That one is called a deep shaft. It's a deep shaft, baby. He had a deep shaft. And are you ready for the kicker? Yeah. It was stretched home, girl. Oh, it really? was stretched home, girl. I I don't think he has it anymore. I think he had some problems with it. <laughs> I can think you put a giant hole in your yeah. Winner. Um, I did also sl- actually recent, not recently. Recently is a bad. It was like two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> It was like, yeah. A week or two ago. Yeah. No, it was not. There was another dude who had a dick piercing, but he had a Prince Albert. And he was like, hey, I'm going to take this out. Like, before. What's the point, then? And that's what I said. He said, you have an IUD, right? I said, yeah. And he's like, that's why. What the fuck does that mean? Is it going to hook? I don't know. I don't Yeah. What was the... Was his piercing like a... It was a Prince Albert hoop. A hoop. I don't know how that would lasso your IUD. I don't know. I'll never know because he took his phone number. Let's call him right now. Yeah, give him a call. I know where he works still. You want to go ask him? I'll just text him right now. Okay. I'll be like, hey, man, do you unclip your piercing because Mm -hmm. you're scared that your little cowboy rod is going to lasso? It's going to lasso. An IUD. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I appreciated him looking out, but I also was like, what's the fucking point, right? Because, like, the point of getting your dick pierced like that is that you, you're becoming a ribbed dildo. You know what I mean? Well, at that point, he was just like, nah, man, I got this for bitches who want to get pregnant. Right. And if you ain't having it, then I ain't giving it. Do you think that's what it was? I don't know. I guess we'll have to call him and find out. Actually, just kidding. Let's not. Actually, maybe I'm a little bit curious. Um. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Two years ago, I would know that person, right? You might. You might. Who knows? Just text me his name. Okay. And I won't indicate whether I know them or not. Okay. I'll show you a picture and I'll tell you'll remember. Okay. Um, anyways, so yeah, of course she mourned him. And much like things <laughs> Yeah, he didn't take his out before he got down. He dirty. did not. That's why she was like, I'm gonna wear I'm gonna fucking cry every day for the rest of my life because that dick ain't here, baby. <laughs> She's wearing um, black because I'm just he destroyed that pussy. Got dick down. Got dick down, <laughs> baby. <laughs> I love you look at pictures of her like I don't want to imagine her like getting dick down though. I do. What a bad bitch. Um <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, are you sure? It's like your grandma having just no, imagine your grandma just raffle coptering on a Prince Albert dick piercing <laughs> as she's scamming Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, I wish. Um, anyway, anyway, important. Uh, so she mourned his death like hardcore for 11 years and low key for 40 total. She dressed in all black every day following his death. And kept the home exactly as it was the day he died. She made her servants set out Albert's clothes, bring hot water for his shaving, and change the bed linens as if he was still there using it. Um, did you find any other weird things about her mourning period? Yeah, she kept like a cup that he had taken his medicine in, like the last medicinal cup there for 40 years. Hmm. All of it. But yeah, I saw the same things. And he died of typhoid fever. <sighs> I thought he died from hey. big dick disease. <laughs> <laughs> he died from BDD. <laughs> we lost him. We lost him. Someone get a nurse in here. We need two coffins. One for that big dick. <laughs> they had to actually bury him on his side. Um, Why, Chelsea? Why did they to bury him on his side? He wouldn't crush his own body under the weight of his dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. 
you know, it's it's said that Queen Victoria is um, buried right on top of him. <laughs> <laughs> piercing when he died though yeah that's what that's what started um <laughs> post-mortem jewelry <laughs> which is a thing that happened in the victoria era it all started because she um took his dick <laughs> ring out and she wore it around her neck <laughs> yeah but as a necklace not yeah like the full thing like yeah. that like just a full that's how big his piercing was that it was just like a, like a barbell yeah across. just like a full fucking yeah they she had to put on her as an infant so she could grow into it and never <laughs> take it off. She would sniff it every night. Yeah. It brought her good luck. <laughs> anyway. Oh, fuck me, dude. Victorian, <laughs> Victorian life was rich with death. From literature to the harsh reality of life with the Black Plague, horrific working conditions for the poor, and a rapid increase in murder um, I don't know if you guys have heard of him before, uh, Jack the Ripper. Um, a practice called memento mori, Latin for remember, you must die, which is low-key one of my favorite sayings. It was, it's been around for a while, obviously. It was in fucking Latin. But the Victorian era was where you saw this in practice. Like, in a similar way that bitches got, like, live, laugh, love yeah. in the living room, they had memento mori. It's like, remember, you are going to die. Um, they did signs, art, jewelry, and, of course, um, most tombstones and cemeteries. Like, even in older tombstones in the in the America, you can see, like, <laughs> the, it's a dope. Like, it's that dope skull head with wings to the side mm-hmm. of it, and it says Memento Mori. Those... Those tombstones are always my favorite. Um, obviously, you've seen more on the East Coast, but it's fucking cool. A lot of times, um, that would be, as you're leaving a cemetery, that would be above mm-hmm. the gates. Um, super fucking hardcore, I think. Um, and I just love that the Victorian era took that and made it fashion. Yeah. the Honestly, like, the Victorian era, like, that's the best way to describe what they treated death as, is they took death and made it fashion. Like, they did. They were living on top of each other. People died all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, the cause. So, like, I pulled this from a newspaper where one guy was saying, like, we live in muck and filth. We got no privies, mm-hmm. which I Googled at the toilet. Uh-huh. No dustbins, no drains, no water supplies, and no sewers in the whole place. We're living like pigs and it ain't fair. Mm-hmm. And there was only one toilet. For every 380 people mm-hmm. in the slums of these areas, the sewer grids where they would go and dump all of the poop and stuff were placed right next to people's doors. And, like, literally with Love arms that. reach of the front door, people would breathe in gallons of poo spores mm-hmm. all day, every day. Um, there was a cholera outbreak during the height of all of this. Yeah. And so people would get sick and they would die and then they wouldn't be disposed of until days later so you have mm-hmm. this reeking disgusting disease ridden body yeah and cholera is out. from um contaminated waters yeah and they would do their best to even get clean water but the pollution was so fucking bad mm-hmm. that even the clean water that they would get would turn black from yeah. the pollution in the air yeah man it was, it was like no joke clean. i mean that's like frankenstein was written about that frankenstein was able to piece together the body of frankenstein's monster because of all of the disposed yeah. and open bodies from the cholera outbreak 
they would isolate cities because they didn't realize that it was coming from contaminated water. So they would shut a city off, isolate it, and think that that would protect everyone inside. Little did they, they know they're just shitting and pissing and dying and eating yep. right on top of each other, and it be, would become a hot spot. The average life expectancy of a factory worker in Liverpool was 15 years old. Sounds about right. And 57% of kids died before their fifth birthday. So oh, yeah. I would have a hard on for, like, death, too, mm-hmm. considering they're just shooting death out of, like, a t-shirt cannon. Like, boop, 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 boop. Yeah, you got to. Yeah, you got like, to. Like, you have to come to terms with it when it's that in your face, mm-hmm. when it's all around you. You have to, like, make it fashion. You have to make it work. You have to, like, take it to the runway, you know? Yep. It was, and like, the, the clash back against, like, third wave feminism happened, and now girls are like, yeah, call me a bitch. Call me a cunt. Like, mm-hmm. you take it back, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, do- they took it back a thousand percent. Um, from this website called Historic Denver... Um, Quote, morning practices were typically grandiose and affected the decoration of the home, the clothes women would wear, and even the ways in which the lost would be memorialized. Although the practice of death portraits and mourning photos has been around for more than 100 years, photography held an important place in the clutter of mourning artifacts. So, like... The Victorian era, the beginning of it, it was this type of, like, photography that would take almost eight hours to develop an exposure. And it was kind of left for rich people only. Because, like, you literally got to sit there, right? Yeah. And most people weren't getting family portraits unless someone died. Right. Like, it just wasn't happening. And then mid-Victorian era, mid-18s, we have the... It's got a fancy name, but it's that, like, slate a stereograph or whatever whatever it's called it's that it's that fucking slate where it was like that type of photography and when that happened it became more accessible and was kind of like commonplace a part of the mourning process so you know how like now people like at funerals and wakes will have like a picture of the person looking all like stoked like their softball photo or whatever Mm -hmm. framed uh that's not what it was here it was literally them one of two ways either made up to look like they're sleeping in their bed or hoisted up next to the family weekend and bernie's like thousand painted on over yeah yeah straight up weekend at bernie's doubt i love these photos because everyone else is all kind of blurry because they're alive but the dead person is just perfectly in focus (laughs) yeah because they did not they that bitch they're like ooh, (laughs) like yeah and ooh, they highlighted be popping because it's the formaldehyde. <laughs> Your cheeks just look that sculpted because they're sinking in. Um, <laughs> during the morning period, all mirrors were to be covered to prevent a spirit becoming trapped in it. And of course, this was the era of parlor rooms or death rooms. The parlor room was where deceased family members were laid out for final respects. Side history note. Um, Death would begin to leave the home by the end of World War One, and most Americans and Europeans would receive their health care in doctor's offices and hospitals, and most funerals would take place in funeral homes. As the funeral parlor came into vogue, the home parlor was renamed the living room. So that's what we call it now. It used to just be a place for where, um, you know, you would have a wake. Yeah. 
there's some houses that are like Victorian era where the stairs as they go up, they have like a harsh 90 degree deviation. And it was so that they could carry the coffins downstairs and pivot Mm -hmm. and then get down. So if you're ever in a really old Victorian era house and you're walking upstairs, we won't have them here in America. Mm -hmm. But you go, well, we might. We might on the East East Coast. Yeah. But as you go up, it's those like landings. Mm-hmm. It's like just basically a landing and it has like an extra crevasse so you could pivot the coffins down as you carry them out. I love that. So cool. I like wish we still did it. Armpit. Yeah. yeah, just because I got to get a, if I got to carry a couch up and down the stairs. That's what it. I'm saying. Multi-purpose, baby. Mm-hmm. This multifaceted design. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing. Uh, death mass. A wax or plaster cast of a person's face after their death, usually made by taking a cast or impression from the corpse. And, as mentioned above, death portraits or postmodern photography, whatever you want to call them. Um, so, like I said, they were reserved for the rich and upper middle class um, to kind of show rank. But, of course, as that silver-plated method came around, it was common practice. So, you would have both or... It was either, like, both or just the photo. But um, it's still a thing in even, like hollywood to do these death casts Mm -hmm. of people's faces um because they you know didn't have to breathe anymore so it was pretty easy to do that old school plastering method of someone's face um death portraits were extremely popular with child deaths because you know kids out here dying of measles diphtheria scarlet fever and rubella 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 um barely making it to 15 um, typically children would have their morning portraits taken in bed to appear sleeping or as the era wore on, it became more common for children to be photographed with their bereaved parents. And that's where you get, honestly, I'll be chasing this dragon till I die. So I don't know if you can see behind me, only Chelsea in my house. These are, um, this is a series of three photos of a, uh, 1800s funeral procession. Okay, let me describe it. So there's, um, they're small. I would say they're only like a two by three inch size. Yeah. The top one is just like an afar, a bunch of people standing in a non-paved road, and then a bunch of people uh, in like surrounding a coffin, and mm-hmm. then a bunch of people in a graveyard, but the headstones are like those big, tall, yeah. tiered cross styles. So this is the procession the um like the setting and the burial right um and i love those but you know what i'm always chasing after the actual photos the actual death photos the the post-mortem photography there are people who have albums you just don't you can't get them on ebay they're very expensive because that's the shit that people want because they're fucking creepy because most of the time people would be like hey this we are going to pay for the this family photo because so-and-so died, right? Right. But we want to also just keep this family photo because we're only going to be able to afford, like, one or maybe two in our lifetime. Right. So we're not going to make it, like, them sleeping and us around the bed. We're going to do, like, us hanging out outside. Yeah. Good and old so, time. Exactly. So you get, like, what we were talking about before, these, like, family portraits where, like, Uncle Ed is fucking weakened at Bernie's all up. And you look at it, you look at the picture, and you're like, there's something off about this, yeah. but I just can't. Yeah, because 
everyone's blurry but it. like one person and the yeah. one person is just like got that thousand just like, eyes stare yeah thousand thousand yard stare kind of looking a little crypt like crypt leaning like you're like yep. what um and i am obsessed with them um and yeah anyway i and it's it has to be old timey i don't want no fucking early 2000s high-res digital of your dead fucking baby in a bassinet you creeps leave this for the victorian era only okay can i just say have you ever had a have you ever seen like dead baby photos yes of course i have yes bitches on facebook are creepy and weird girl well it was my so i did i've just seen a lot man like a lot it's one thing to be like i'm holding my baby that didn't make it like here's me and my partner and our baby sad it's one thing to stage an entire high res 4k photo shoot honey what are we fucking doing there's something about like it being in film and like weird and grainy and old-timey that like doesn't feel as creepy because um you kind of like can't figure it out and it's a little mysterious yeah um but when you do it in a high res digital and i can see every pore on your dead baby's face in 40k i can't i can't i can't do it or the other thing that uh maybe someone can explain to me are like the photo shoots at funerals oh my god are you ready for realness yeah tell me did you do a photo shoot no jeff's stepdad did a photo shoot at his open casket suicide funeral i was there when did they do the photo shoot um in the family viewing room before they wheeled him out he straight up got over the casket with his fucking handheld digital cameras flash on and said, snap, snap. You ready for the best part? He tagged like me and his mom and his birth dad and his sister in the album. And the first photo on the album was Jeff's whole ass dead body in the fucking casket. So that's what would appear first in my tag fucking photos. I would just get on Facebook and see his dead ass body in a fucking casket, bitch. I was like, nope. I immediately untagged myself from that. Oh, man. Also, like, one thing the Victorians got right is they wanted a funeral that would, like, reflect who the person was. Mm -hmm. And Jeff's funeral... Mm-hmm. Was not what I expected oh, for no. knowing him, mm-hmm. how he lived his life, sitting in that is, man, funerals are so fucking uncomfortable. Yeah, man. Also, Apollo, really just like back up, dude. We get you want to sit by us. Um, the If we want to talk all tea, all shade. Um, Jeff was raised Mormon. He was not Mormon at all in any way shape no. or form um probably died with god knows how many drugs in his system and um it was a fully mormon funeral to the point where like some of his friends were like getting up and leaving during some of the speaking points of that pastor because he had no idea what the fuck he was saying or who he was talking about but here's where i jump in why did i let this happen you might say is um it feels like to me especially in a modern age or even if you are burying your child it is less about them and more about you yeah because if it was up to jeff he would have been cremated it would have just been a giant party where everyone gets fucked up Mm -hmm. but 
this was more for his parents to yeah. feel okay. And I remember initially wanting to like fight back on it. Yeah. And then I was like, you know, if there's anything he would have wanted from me, it would be just to make his dad happy. Yeah. Like the just playing ball. Yeah. Just play ball with him, you know, because everyone that knew him could have their own little memorial for the him, which they did afterwards where they right. went to a bar and got fucked up. But the whole entire thing was so against all of his wishes right? that he wanted when he was alive. Like he did not want to be buried. And I guarantee you that motherfucker would not want his body showcased in an open casket after fucking killing himself. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, yeah, that was way wild. Wacky wheels, girl. It here's, was fucking wacky. Here's wheels. my wacky funeral story. When my mom died, the cops took her body because you can't just die. Mm hmm and not have it be investigated as a murder in these days. So mm -hmm. they were like interviewing people about my dad or whatever, but the state didn't release her body until like they could prove that she wasn't murdered. Mm -hmm. So at her funeral, uh, we had had my dog cremated and it was his ashes at my mom's funeral. Shut the fuck up. And we just didn't say anything. Oh my God. Cause we didn't have her body. Yeah. Right? You had to, the show had to go on. Like she loved that fucking dog. Yeah. We all did. Yeah. Zach. <laughs> He would have been proud to stand in her place. Yeah. Nobody needs... Well, people know now. Yeah. Well, don't tell anyone. Everyone, this is our secret. This is our secret. It's what she would have wanted. Yeah. Who cares? We had to get the... Fun well, you got to get the funeral going, man. You have to. It's... uh, Because let me tell you the sitch. When a very close family member dies, as in the situation with my mother and my sister, Jessica, you don't know what the fuck to do. Mm -hmm. But the funeral... The shit you have to do, the documentation you mm -hmm. have to fill out, you're just like, oh, something to do where I can mm -hmm. be useful. You're not eating. You're not sleeping. You're not doing anything. But then mm -hmm. the funeral parlor calls you and says, do you want to you need to fill out this paperwork mm -hmm. so we can cremate them? Mm -hmm. And we're like, yeah, mm -hmm. cremate. Yeah. So the funeral at the time, like now thinking now, I'm like, oh, we could have waited a couple of days so we could have gotten our body back. But at the time it was like, no. Mm -hmm. I got to do something. Yeah. So, uh, but now uh, Zach has gone because I he was pretty much my dog. So I got I took his ashes back. Now my mom and my sister both chill in my dad's living room Aww. on the shelf. Mm -hmm. Where uh, what else is on it? I don't know. That's where my dad used to keep his like boombox. Then he moved the boombox and then put the ashes. That's there. kind of him. So how's that? I love that. Yeah. You know what? At the end of the day, it's exactly how your mom would have wanted it. Um, and I will say, kind of back to what we're talking about, there's something about these rules, right? Because mm -hmm. I'll get into it later. But there was literally documentation, like pamphlets that yeah. went out to families to tell them what to do when mourning. And... If there's anything, like like you mentioned, if there's anything anyone can do for you when grieving or dealing with death, it's just like any sort of structure that doesn't make me think. Yeah. Um, honestly, the best things were people giving me Uber Eats gift cards. Mm -hmm. And then people sent me movies. Like you sent me movies like that you had downloaded in like a Google Doc. Mm -hmm. That shit. I was like, yep. Mm -hmm. that was it yeah 
Like, it's just anything to just clock out of your brain. And if there's one thing the Victorians got right, besides uh, death photography, which I think is kind of cool in its time and place, no 40K dead baby shit like I said. And I said what I said. Um, they they giving these pamphlets to people, and it was like a routine. It was a regiment, and oh, it was I awesome. we don't go into it here because I'm an asshole and I didn't do much research on it. I have it, but I also know that um, the Jewish faith oh, to this see you Jewish didn't know where people. I was going. <laughs> Jewish faith, people of Jewish faith to this day do this shit. It's a I part of their it. religion. It's I a part of their culture. Man, they I have. These like literally day by day on day one, you do this on day two, you do this and da, 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 da. like literally to this day. That's what they do. I was reading through this stuff and I was like, I'm so fucking jealous because like how cool would it have been for you personally um, when you were sad about Jeff to be like, I don't want to talk about this shit for a year. Leave me the fuck alone. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be a sad, drunk, dramatic piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And y'all to take care of me. I mean, I did do that, but like I wasn't wearing anything that would signal. But like barely. <laughs> yeah. Like it was like what Comic Con? You were still expected to go do all your Comic Con shit. Like, yeah. Two days later. That uh, is actually one hundred percent the truth. Yeah, he died. Had, yeah. On like Tuesday night, and then Thursday I had yeah um, a big panel. I had to get all of my unemployment shit for my sister, and it was like I don't want to do any of this bullshit. Mm-hmm. And then um, I don't know if you went through it, but there's days where I'm like. I feel like I'm going to be sad today. And I don't know why, but people are like, oh, but it's been nine months. It's like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Harper's Bazaar in their April 17th, 1886 issue said I can be sad for three years. Yeah. Three years I can be dramatic about it. Yeah. And then I'll send you fucking notarized documentation to let you know if I don't want to be sad anymore. And unless I have, bitch, mm-hmm. fucking treat me like I'm sad. Yeah. I'm like, I want that. Same. What a fucking gift that is. Um, big fan of it. Um, where was I? Oh, dead babies. Um, okay. For, <laughs> I mean, if you did that, like whatever, you live your truth, but just know that it weirds me out. <laughs> As I die. <clears throat> For adults, the portraits, death portraits, if we remember. Um, would try to make them look as alive as possible. So this is where you get those great family photos where a dead relative is hoisted up by sticks and strings looking very weakened at birdies. I love the ones where they just paint a face on their face and they're like, that's fine. <laughs> Me too. I just want that to be my new family card. I want a Christmas card where we all pretend to be dead bodies from the 1800s. We should do, because we haven't done a Chelsea Noel photo shoot yet. Uh, oh, girl. We should I've do been... that where we're just and it's like a long exposure of one of us trying to not move, but the other one actually yeah. not moving. Dude, I'm so into it. Also, surprise alert, that was that was one of my New Year's gifts to you, unrelated to Christmas. I've been planning out a photo shoot for us. Oh, yes. I want one so bad. And it's like going to be legit. Like we're renting this giant um, crane because we're going to do an alien abduction. So I'm just going to hang myself. <laughs> yeah, because we're going to do a I'm public just, hang. I'm just going to be a like, stiff bodied. <laughs> surprise we're doing a live suicide um no it's for so we can shine a giant light from like skyscraper levels down at us to make like an authentic looking alien abduction scene with no photoshop oh my god that's so cool and so we can go out into the middle of the woods and do it anyway surprise um 
Also, it, when if you die before me, I'm making you a shitty death mask. Girl! I don't want to laugh at dead people. <laughs> I'm going to make one with like my left hand. Bitch, I'll laugh, I'll laugh at dead people. Whoever did that to her fucked her up, dude. Oh my god. It's they like, fucked her it's up. It's like somebody took a just... Paper clay. mache. Yeah, it's like, no, it's like somebody put clay over a watermelon and then just like sideways cut a melon. <laughs> <laughs> just and like just like their of... thumb was like, and there's the eyes. Yeah. Damn, oh. they did her so dirty on that. Man. Oh. That's why so many places are haunted in England because they had shitty death masks. Yeah, sculptors. they would just like be getting ready to leave their body and turn around and see that death mask and be like, no, what the fuck is that? <laughs> 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 no, it did not really look like all these fucking 1800s ghosts with body dysmorphia. Like, no, I didn't they, really look like that. They covered the mirrors because they're like, oh, don't let them <laughs> don't let no. see. Don't let them see. Um, <laughs> anyway. Um, Women were expected to wear black and cover nearly every part of their body. During this time period, women were often viewed as the, quote, true vessels of grief and were encouraged to mourn publicly on behalf of the family. Um, So this is back to that, like, women be doing everything shit. Um, Same here. Like, to show, to be like, oh... There was a lot of presenting things, right? You would like, for lack of nuance, you'd be like decorating your house. There would be all this shit letting people know that you were mourning. Also, people would get fucking handwritten, personally delivered notices. But out in public, it was kind of like up to the women of the family to be the um, the harbor of emotion. Mm-hmm. Like, the men couldn't cry, but the women were expected to. Um, well, and the men couldn't be like all dressed and dramatic either because at the time women weren't really allowed to work. Like this is like the anthropology or like the practical aspect to it is like, no, women can afford to be this dramatic and sad mm-hmm. because they don't ever leave the house to work. They yeah. didn't expect men to do like a man would wear like a black armband or a black hat. Yeah. And then go back out to work. Yeah. Um, I did find also from that Harper's Bazaar article called Morning and Funeral Usages about women here's a quote is that a heartless wife should be taught that society will not respect her unless she pays to the memory of the man whose name she bears it's like you're literally shunned Mm -hmm. if you're not following all of these Mm -hmm. mourning and death practices oh i go over what widows are expected to do um in a second i want to i'll just do it now just remind me to talk about um literature um so these are kind of some more practices I was able to find. It's tough to find uh, copies of like these pamphlets, obviously, because they were paper fucking pamphlets given out in the 1800s. But this is essentially the the summary of it all. Um, morning practices. Morning attire also led to morning everything, like stationaries, umbrellas, fans, purses. Um, when someone would die companies knew that they had to immediately get that shit to them get that mm-hmm. shit to them their special fucking morning clothes so there were straight up designers and clothing warehouses that only specialized in making morning clothes um widows were expected to mourn for two years and were allowed to wear gray and lavender only in the last six months of half mourning full mourning Morning widows were not allowed to leave their homes without full black attire and a weeping veil for one year and a day from the day that their husband died. 
Second morning, the next nine months, the widow was allowed some small morning jewelry or lace embellishment in the black attire. Children in middle-class families were required to wear full black mourning clothes for one year after the death of a parent or sibling. Um, at the moment of death, clocks would be stopped, curtains would be drawn, mirrors would be covered. And if they could not afford the black mourning clothes, they were um, like, it was, you got to dye it. They would just be dyeing their clothes a darker hue. So, being a widow would have been annoying. Uh, anyway, a little bit of fun. Let's get into a little bit of fun. As if we weren't having a blast talking I about This is the best. Laughing about dead people's fucked up face masks. Um, during the Victorian era, literacy increased from the access to public education. This brought the beginning of penny bloods, or what most of our listeners might know them as, penny dreadfuls. They became popular with the lower and middle class. They were cheap, easy to get, and detailed. Little, like, comic books, essentially. Mm Mm-hmm. Like the people of this time, Penny Dreadfuls went from adventure tales to gothic murder and true crime. The most successful Penny Dreadful was called Mysteries of London. It had a 12-year run and focused on the crime and horror of the London slums and the careless rich. There was a famous Penny Dreadful murder. Emily Combes... She was found stabbed to death on July 17th, 1895 in East London. She had two sons, Robert and Natty, aged 13 and 12, who were found to be the killers. When the police searched the home, they found a stack of penny dreadfuls inside that as the reason um, for the murder. Fucking paperback video game of the era. Absolutely. Um, there was also a famous poet, um, his most notable one called In, in Memoriam In Memoriam which he said, quote, was written to lead the reader from grief and despair, lead the reader, pardon, um, through grief and despair and doubt to hope and faith. So just kind of like circling back to every single aspect of Victorian life was about death. Mm-hmm. Essentially what we could summarize as their times, pop culture, right. fashion, um, jobs, the like art and literature and music was all very death yeah. heavy like the poetry at the time was all about death and sermons and mm-hmm. things like yeah but the the whole society was like put in death so it was like mm-hmm. death but make it fashion it literally death but make it fashion i also have a breakdown of what you're seeing there my funeral pictures So this is a breakdown of how a funeral procession would be led. Um, So death invites were pretty common in big cities and would be sent by private private messenger. It was known to all in the death industry at the time, clergymen, undertakers, that the funeral would match the person's wealth in accordance. So unlike today, where even if you are um, a little bit on the lower ends of poverty and they still expect you to spend like $6,000 to cremate someone... That's not how it was back then. They would plan your funeral according to the the wealth means you could afford. Which is funny that we don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, the remains of the deceased would be placed in either the house, which was preferred, 
or a church. Guest must pass the remains of the deceased person in a single file line, aisle by aisle, past the coffin from foot to head. And of course, hats were removed in the house. Loud talk and laughter was not allowed. Next, the body is to be moved to a carriage, the coffin placed into a hearse with six pullbearers, three on each side. They walk with it. <laughs> Direct relatives right after the hearse, followed by the remaining friends and family. On, on the coffin, if they were a child, white flowers or white wreath. Married, white blossoms. Soldier, hat, sash, sword, flag. And if they had a horse, the horse would lead the hearse with no rider. From here, they were placed in the grave. And I mentioned, doo -doo -doo, what is it? The Queen's in Castle. That was um, an outlined pamphlet with instructions of mourning etiquette. Um, so it was a literal manual about death. Yeah, and uh, something with the funeral is that a lot of the ritual, like everything that we do is ritual nowadays. Like it doesn't matter how mundane you think it is. It's like seated in ritual. So the ritual with funerals at the time during the Victorian era was broken down in two ways. So the first ritual was preparing the body, which was representative of transitioning the living member of society into dead society. And then the second was how they disposed of the body. Um, so the state at the time, so like, like you were saying, like they would make the funeral in accordance to what they could afford. But then what started to happen um, was the state at this time no longer would let the mourning period happen and force people to conduct a burial right away. So in Victorian times, this privatization of the funeral process stripped the dead of a lot of posthumous, posthumous rights by forcing them to a pauper's funeral. So a lot of times we hear, like, for example, with a wake is they would keep the body around in case it woke up. And mm -hmm. that's why they called it a wake. But once the state stepped in and started taking over how that happened, we lost the rights to raise money mm -hmm. in the time it would take. Because you could be like, oh, like, so-and-so's dead. And then the people in the community could rally and then they could gather and then they could donate money so the person could afford a burial. Mm -hmm. And then once the state stepped in, that's when people would start getting buried poor mm -hmm. and they call them like those pauper funerals and so to combat that at the time like death unions started forming and they would go door to door to collect money for death or sickness to benefit the community it was kind of like modern it's like modern day um life insurance mm -hmm. just a little bit from everybody and that's how like undertakers became salesmen so once we started putting money into an industry when we would normally just be like okay dead person dies off they go in Victorian era times, they were trying to combat a lot of the illness and stuff that went around. So the rituals that surrounded um, death at the time became privatized and they yeah. became monetized. Yeah. So um, not only were people like modern day undertakers became salesmen, they're like, oh, yeah, if you give me money, I'll make sure your person has a better funeral. Than yeah. If you give this guy money, it won't be a pauper's funeral. Yeah. And then um, they'll get this type of wood in the in the yeah, coffin and we'll make sure that it's this type of hearse. Right. Because the state at the time required people to buy a coffin and it required them to have at least four pallbearers. And if there was extra money, they got a gravestone. So and the thing that's really important about the gravestone part and the money is 
um, all we have is like our identity when we're living. Mm -hmm. And so they were stripping people of the ability to mourn somebody by making it happen so quickly because the state would come take the body, slap people on the ground. And if you were poor, you didn't even get a gravestone. So once families and stuff got the time to come in and to mourn the grave, they were like, well, where the fuck, which grave is it? Cause people are dying so quickly. Yeah. So the anonymity that happened with these burials caused the living to react by being like, okay, they got this anonymous burial and now this is how I mourn um, so that people see that I'm mourning properly because I wasn't able to pay money into Mm -hmm. the funeral. So now my reaction to not having money to bury my family member is by doing this huge ritual to make up for it. Um, And it's crazy that it all happened with like the privatization of this Mm -hmm. because before this, when people would die all the time, it was like, yeah, cool bury them let's get it done and then the second the state made it cost money all of a sudden we get all this like flair and the fashion and all of this stuff because when people can flaunt their money they're gonna fucking do it yeah like, it becomes industry yeah it becomes a sign of wealth it's just like trying to keep up with the joneses like oh so and so got a brand new black funeral dress i can't afford it so i'll just dye my clothes yeah like, stuff that was really unnecessary um ended up becoming like social status mm-hmm. it was women who could afford to be in mourning for a year it's the same way like you would bind the feet of chinese women it was a sign of status because mm-hmm. they didn't have to work yeah anytime you can show off that your wife doesn't have to work is a status symbol yeah and all the money and we still do that to this day even to the day this day the state comes and takes the body and makes you pay them all this fucking money yep yeah and the the green burial green funeral movement has run into so many jurisdiction walls on a state-by-state basis depending Mm -hmm. on how that local government handles their dead and it's unfortunate because that's where you get a lot of these unclaimed bodies because people can't afford to do the funeral and it's cheaper for that family to um, allow that body to fall under the unclaimed and homeless category to um, be paid for a minimalist cremation by the state and then they can't claim them. But at least they know that something's being taken yeah, care so of. A way for people to survive knowing that is to just hide death, like sweep it under the rug. Mm-hmm. And that's where, so the Victorian era, it was like, everybody's fucking dying. Let's come to terms with it. And then the second they started putting all this money into it, that's when the Victorian era started to kind of shut down these thoughts. And we moved into our thought process now, which is like, can't afford it don't want to think about it and then another thing is like we were able to beat death we started beating death like if you caught a cold in those days you're done Mm -hmm. if you and i catch a cold i can go to walmart and Mm -hmm. get fucking nyquil and be okay yeah so um so when somebody started falling sick at the time you weren't calling for a priest because they didn't practice medicine you were calling for a doctor and then so religion got pushed out of the homes and then all of this fascination with the afterlife and ascension and going to heaven and stuff got categorized, like just cut away mm-hmm. from what death was. And it became more of a scientific thing. Yeah. So now we're focusing on the living and it, it was kind of like what you were talking about, like the whole, like the literature thing, like people were just getting smarter. Mm-hmm. And as people got smarter, then religion kind of went down a little bit because then they started turning towards science. Mm-hmm. And you can even, it goes both ways, right? 
Because you see, at the end of the Victorian era, you see more of a split down the middle between um, science and religion, right? Mm -hmm. Especially how we view death. And while there was a chunk of society that was leaning more towards science, calling a doctor, taking death out of the home, Mm -hmm. there was also still that side that was believing in religion wholeheartedly. But this new form of Christianity was evolving that made um, death in the afterlife more um, pleasing, I guess you could say. Yeah, it was like what Methodism, mm-hmm. I think, and like enlightened deitism. Yeah. Where like it was people were less like First Testament God and more like or Old Testament God and more New Testament God. Yeah. Where it's like I could be a piece of shit. But I don't have to focus on death so much. Exactly. Exactly. And with that, the kind of this uh, obsession with death almost faded out because people became not comfortable with it in a morbid way, but comfortable with it in like um, at peace way. Yeah. So it's weird. It's weird. Yeah. And there's, like, I looked it up. There's, like, a ton of superstition surrounding death in Victorian times. Um, so they would believe that if you were a good person, flowers would bloom on your grave. But if you are evil, only weeds would grow. Um, if several deaths occur in the same family, you tie a black ribbon left to everything alive that enters the house, even dogs and chickens. Oh, cute. It protects death. I know. You never wear anything new to a funeral, especially fucking shoes. Shoes? Especially shoes. Especially shoes. Um, you cover your mouth when you're yawning so your spirit doesn't leave and the oh. devil doesn't enter your body. That's is that what, what it is? is? Yeah. So it's crazy. Um, the rituals that we carry on, all of our superstitions tie back to something. Of course that, they do. And I would argue that you would cover your mouth because once we learned how disease spreads, it was trying to be more careful with mm-hmm. like coughing and stuff, but then you put a re- like a religious or a superstition spin on it, and then it turns into something like that. I know I've said it before, but it's the same reason why a lot of Mid Eastern um, religions don't eat pork because it was nearly impossible to raise pigs or hoofed animals in those desert climates. Mm-hmm. So it becomes easier to ban something than to yeah than to like adopt it in. So they're like, okay, just don't wear it. And yeah. Like, why? Oh, it's taboo. And then that evolves over, like, you know, thousands and thousands of years. Um, If it rains on a funeral procession, that means that the person who's deceased will go to heaven. Oh, man. Um, So many people haven't gone to heaven. To lock the door of your home after a funeral procession is left in the house is bad luck. To lock it? Yeah. Well, what if you have anxiety and you think you're going to be robbed all the time? Shut the fuck up. Well, you (laughs) better be more scared of dying. Well... If you smell roses when none are around, someone's going to die. Interesting. Um, If you leave something that belongs to you to the deceased, that means the person will come back to get you. That's ominous, but in a bad way? Like, that'd be cool if I was dying and my mom was like, what the fuck is up? And like, had pizza. And then Mm -hmm. my sister, like, is like in her truck and they're like, let's fucking go. Yeah. But what if it's like haunted mansion i'm like walking to bed at night or like i'm walking to my car after the podcast and like a dead hand grabs my leg and it's like time to go and i just like you know fucking freddy krueger he pulls the girl through the people like drag me to hell yeah honestly i'm into either way yeah um if you see yourself in a dream death will follow that's a fucking lie bitch because i have been dreaming of terrible shit happening to me for the past 10 years do you see yourself or are you seeing it out of your own eyes both 
Interesting. If you see an owl in daytime, there'll be death. If you dream about a birth, someone you know will die. <laughs> if it rains in an open grave, then someone in the family will die within a year. What? If it rains in an open grave? Yeah. So, like, they're digging and it rains? Yeah. If a bird pecks on your window or crashes into one, um, there has been a death. If just any? Just, like, a guy in Nebraska? Yeah. Huh. Okay. It's yeah, concerning. It a, if a sparrow lands on a piano, someone in the home will die. Wow. Where is a sparrow going to get on a piano? Uh, it's just like Johnny Depp in character, just like yeah. squatting on your piano. Uh, if a picture falls off the wall, there will be a death of someone you know. Well, damn, I would have zero friends. Dude, I've this one all the time. If you spill salt, you're supposed to throw a pinch over your shoulder. Yeah. I've seen that all the time. Yeah, that's a common one. Um, never speak ill of the dead because they'll come back to haunt you. That's well. Yeah. I've heard that before. Yeah, well, I've been talking shit about my dead ex oh, for years. This one's bad for me. Two deaths in the family means that a third is sure to follow. Well, you're still here. The hoot of an owl foretells a death. What's up with owls? Well, they didn't do nothing. Because they symbolize the night. They only come out at night. That's really rude of them. Yeah. Or what dropping about... an umbrella on the floor, opening one in the house, means that there will be a murder in the house. Oh, my God. I always knew that one, not to open umbrellas in the house, and then I would, because yeah. I was a rebel without a cause. You son of a fucking bitch. Well, what about this one? A diamond-shaped fold in clean linen portends death. I don't even know what that looks like. I don't know either. And a dog howling at night when someone in the house is sick is a bad omen. It can be reversed. By reaching under the bed and turning over a shoe. So I have to put a shoe under my bed? Yeah. Just And then you got to turn it. I'm not a scientist, but those are all lies. Um, because it's... I would be dead and everyone would be dead. <laughs> but yeah, you mentioned a lot of stuff like surrounding the funeral, like how you have to wear black. Mm -hmm. If you want to send a letter to somebody, like your condolences, then you have to wear black when you send the letter. Mm -hmm. Like it was all black. Just black. If you weren't sure what to do, fucking wear black. Um... Something that I thought was fun was that the Victorian era also had a slew of body snatching. Um, oh, yeah. Because Christians at the time believed that they had to be intact in order to get to heaven. And Mormons, I most Mormons, I'm pretty sure, still believe yeah, this. Yeah, Mormons day, still believe this. Because that's why they don't get cremated. Yep. Um, because, and that's why they uh, don't want to donate tonsils. They don't want to do anything like that because they want their full body um, to be in that grave so that they can get into heaven. And that's why at the time people didn't donate their bodies to science. So mm -hmm. there were criminals, however, who were hung and they could use their, those bodies and they, but only 20 or 30 people a year were killed. So there wasn't enough supply to demand. So to combat this queen Victoria enacted the anatomy act of 1832, which gave doctors and surgeons the right to dissect any human body because prior to this, they were only allowed to dissect executed murderers. So in a sense, they quote unquote legalized it to practice science and the crime surrounding body snatching went down dramatically. But what would happen at this time is that um, since so many people were grave robbing, you would get people to watch graves at night. And I'm sure everyone's heard this. And that's where the graveyard shift came from was people who would work in the oh. cemeteries at night were on the graveyard shift. And then we've all heard also that they would bury people with bells at the time. Yeah. People so were always afraid like, that they were being buried alive. Yeah. And then, so that's where you get like saved by the bell. Um, <laughs> I would like to know how many people actually did. Do you know what I mean? I've heard of only like one. That's, um, that checks out. But yeah, so the graveyard shift like literally came from that where people would work at night to keep body snatchers from happening. 
And if you look at some old Victorian graves, they have like fucking cages and stuff on them. And that's because people, sometimes people erroneously believe, oh, it's because they were scared of vampires. But really the cages were over the graves to protect them from being dug up from body snatchers. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, the vampires and werewolves, that's a that's a common thing. They would be like, "Oh yeah, that's what the cages are for." But another thing that would happen at the time is like if a woman was buried pregnant, have you ever heard of like posthumous mm-hmm. birthing? Yeah, and that's what happened to uh, Lacey Peterson. Yeah, and then like yeah, so like the women come in and then all the gases build up and they like eject the baby out and they would think that like these little baby vampires would be born. I mean, honestly, better safe than sorry, I say. You know? Agreed. I don't, you know, I definitely don't trust a baby, so. No. I like that fake baby in that video I sent you, and I was like, what a weird thing. They had it posed, like, so beautifully, too. Like, they had one arm up with, like, the other hand, like, across its chest. Posed beautifully? I thought that motherfucker looked crooked like a Z. No, like, so, okay, so in the process of researching for this episode, I was like, I'll just listen to, like, a little BBC documentary, Mm -hmm. and I... So I'm texting Noelle and then I look down at my phone and there's this poised fake baby on like a slab and it's like Ethan, the children couldn't escape. And I was like, my favorite <laughs> part of the documentary is this dead fake baby. Anyway. I loved it. It was some Dollar Tree fucking baby too. Oh, it was good. But it was just, it's always interesting to think like, oh, you think all these rituals are so elevated but no awake was really so people could probably raise money to bury the person mm-hmm. um dying their clothes and stuff was a way to react to not being able to say like a final goodbye or to be able to honor that person because they wouldn't know they were buried so mm-hmm. like i will honor them with my clothing then mm-hmm. so that people know that i'm in mourning yeah um women always get like the harsher end of the deal because it was posh mm-hmm. for it to be you know for women to like just be the bearers just, of yeah to just go all out like the whole like black gloves black dress black hat black veil black stationery black socks black shoes black purse mm-hmm. and i found another thing like so the grief so once someone had passed away and the mourning period was wrapping up the grieving person was expected to let all their friends and acquaintances know that they are ready to re-enter society and they let people know that they are welcoming visits and calls and are no longer sticking to, like, strict privacy. Mm-hmm. So you weren't even really being comforted in this period because, like, you're expected to suffer through it. And then when you would send people a note, um, it was like a pr- it was pretty much like a, a very formal letter you would send them. And like, I'm ready for this. And then if you responded to it, you're supposed to respond like and that's kind of where RSVPs came from, mm. like the whole manner of being like yes you are now welcome to come to my house and people like yes i would like to come to your house and then if you were responding to the letter you're supposed to wear all black so it was just so interesting Mm -hmm. um even times like wives are expected to mourn their husband for a few years but if you're mourning your mom or your dad it should only last a year but you should always wear black tulle at the wrists and neck if you're mourning a brother, sister, step-parent, mourning a sibling, a step-parent, or grandparent should take about three months of heavy mourning. Aunt or uncle is three months. And a parent mourning a child should only be about nine months. Just nine? Because you can make another one in that time. That blows my mind. I feel like a child dying is the worst. Like, that's what yeah. society tells me. Like, I don't have children. Yeah, but not 
you know, not when they have a life expectancy of 15 years. Right. You just pop another one out, you know? It's no right. big D. No so, big D. You know, it's just like fun stuff. I want to be that dramatic because I am still quite sad about all the people in my family who have died recently. As you should be. And uh, it's annoying the bounce back that society expects you to have. Like that fundamentally changes a person, right? Yeah. I don't want to bounce back. I just want to be shitty for a really long time. Yeah. You think you should. I think like there are certain aspects of Apollo's being so fucking needy right now. No, I can't he's being like it. a sweetheart. Like he has just been sitting here. He wants to he's trying to sit in the middle of Chelsea and I. It's insane. But there are parts of Also when I go to pet him, my whole hand just disappears in fur. He's a it's like a little sarlacc pet. Oh Boba Fett died. I know, I saw that R.I.P. So speaking of death. Um there are things about Victorian mourning that I love. And I think we should bring back. I don't want to have to work for a few years. I want society yeah. to take care of me so I can dress in fabulous fashion and be dramatic and drunk. Yeah. You know, just check out for a while. What a gift that is. And I don't, I don't want death to be privatized. Like, I think that there should be standards for disposing of bodies so that we're not up to our ears and like bones and human bone yeah. dust, you know? Yeah. Um, but. Dude, it's just, it's so expensive. We should, I should have put in hidden costs of the funeral industry into this episode because you can't even bury somebody without spending a ton of money on a burial casket. I know. You can't even escape it in cremation. You can't. You have to pay to be put in something and then burned. Yeah. Um, death certificates. You have to like have original death certificates for like the bank, the social security office. You can't have copies. And they're the $50 OGs, each. A pop. I know. Trust me. I had to get like four of them. Yeah. I had to get four copies of a death certificate. To get like, um, if you want to post an obituary because you love somebody and you like want people to read about their life, to get it physically printed in newspaper, like 500, 600 bucks. Mm -hmm. It's insane. Oh, I know. Yeah. It's, oh, uh, I, know. I think we'll, we'll have to do that next. We'll have to do um, hidden, hidden costs of the funeral industry. Yeah. We should just do, like, a corruption of the funeral industry episode. Yeah, we should. That would be fun. I wonder if, like, the dude who's, like, buried half my family would be in willing to, like, talk about it. Because it's not going to hurt his business at all. Mm -hmm. Look at this guy. Apollo, you're so cute. Why is he being like this? Because he, we're talking about sad shit. Is he going to... Am I going to die? What was the dog howling? Yeah, if he howls what about, at night if you're sick. Do I have to put a shoe under the bed, Apollo? Apollo, can I get him to do the husky thing where he'll, like, howl back at me? Um... <laughs> Mate, oh, he's so upset. This is horrible. He won't, he won't do it. Oh man, cut this part out. Cora's <laughs> no, just like heavy he, breathing. He no, did spin in circles. He a little bit. he won't. Uh, he grew up in apartments. He yeah. knows not to. Paul, you're so um, good. Make noises. He'll only do it when I don't get up out of bed to let him out. Yeah. Right, buddy. Oh, you might. Hold on, you might. Paulo. 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 Where'd he go? No, he's just follow. No, no, he's around. just mad and Cora's mad. Everyone's mad. He's like, this is a fucking trick. I'm right. not allowed to be loud. Now I have to edit this out. Um, yeah, edit it out. Anyway. Uh, so that, but that's pretty much all I have to say yeah, about that's, Victorian death practices. That's all I have to say about that. That's that's that on that. How, what are your expectations for when you die? Let's get it in recording. Throw me in a fucking dumpster, man. I don't give a shit um cremate me i don't want to i don't want anyone to stare at my body you freaks 
Um, I no, because I have to make you that death mask, and then no. we have to bury you. <laughs> you make me a death mask first, and out of paper mache and newspapers, <laughs> yeah, and then burn me. Um, yeah, I don't want anyone to look at my dead body because y'all are fucking oh, God, Jesus. Yeah, the dogs y'all are, are fucking weird. Um, like to put it on display and shit. Um, that's pretty much it. Don't make it about religion, you freaks. Um. And I would prefer a New Orleans style funeral where it's a a parade, a parade and lots of music and drinking. That'd be fun. Uh, I kind of am down for like a green funeral. I do want a Viking burial. I don't think those are legal. No, they're not. But I did email the local Norse uh, church. They didn't email me back. Kind of fucked up. Yeah, because it's probably one guy in his Angel Fire website. Yeah, it was an Angel (laughs) Fire website. But I was like, hey, how do I join? They didn't email me back. I, I figure if I get into the religion early enough and when I die, I can get a Viking funeral. I can present the fucking paperwork. They won't do it. Uh, but I don't know. Green funeral sounds fun. I'd do you like want to do the mushroom food. suit? Do you know about that? No. What is it? They're going to like mu- like little fungi. Yeah. You get body? put in like a mushroom suit and just buried in the ground. And then like you become a part of the ecosystem. You make delicious little mushrooms. That'd be cool. I would rather be like a tree. Stop. Stop. Look at how covered in hair I am. I know. This is what you get um, for showing him attention. I, yeah, you know, like a cool funeral. Uh, something like that. I don't know how much it costs. Or like preserve me into a diamond and then drop me like Titanic style into the bottom of the ocean. Recreate the scene from Titanic. Yeah. But instead of like an old lady, have it be uh, Nicolas Cage because... Okay. Well, I love Nicholas. I'm Cage. not He's sure if your timelines person. will align. Maybe like a Nicholas Cage impersonator. Maybe his goth son. He, oh yeah, his son who's in that goth metal son. band. Yeah, his goth son. Do that'd it. be fine. That'd or an be... impersonator's fine. Honestly, yeah. whoever does it. But I think that'd be fun to be like smashed into a diamond mm-hmm. and then flung off dramatically in front yeah. of Steven Spielberg's crew into an ocean. Yeah, it would be. It would be way fun. Yeah, either way, I just feel like don't make it weird. You know, I'm make it dead. Weird. It doesn't matter. Um, if there there was one thing that um, this like woman I was listening to, not Caitlin Doty, another woman, about green burials was that um, people have to remember that you're mourning the person, not the body. Right. Um, and I think that's like kind of important because. I think we all should be fighting for a reality in which we don't have to embalm people because that costs so much money. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking expensive. It's so bad for the people doing it and the environment. Yep. And it does not add any more time. Even if you no. want to have an open casket funeral or wake, embalming them, kind of irrelevant. They can put them on dry ice. Honestly, between us squirrels, a body's good for a few days. Yeah. Like there we know everything to do to not have to do that. Um and just pocket full of posies so you don't stink. Exactly. We're all fine. So, um yeah. That's all I that's it. That's all I gotta say to you. Yeah. I'm a little jealous. I wish I Are the westernization of like death just sucks. I know. Have you seen the like floating Japanese um cemeteries? everyone like a tibetan sky burial yeah like they have to be god apollo they have to be cremated and it's essentially like a hotel that looks like it's from the future and it's just all of these cremation boxes that's interesting and they look like neon 
It's fucking cool. That is cool. Looks very Blade Runner. I'm like, hell yeah. Fucking into that. But, yeah. I get wanting to have a place to mourn someone. But, you know. Maybe make it in a sky funeral thing. Yeah. I don't know if, like, having a place to mourn someone would really work. Uh, In my opinion, having... I'm, like, into the memento bullshit. Having a thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I was surprised to read that, like, keeping hair isn't posh anymore. I'm like, I have my sister's hair. Yeah, I totally skipped over that part. I briefly talked about the uh, morbid jewelry. Um, People would oftentimes do a picture with a piece of hair framed underneath it. Or a locket. Or like they'd make dolls out of the kids' hair. Hair was a big thing. I also really do appreciate hair. Um, Word on the street is, um, so Trevor used to have a really greasy fucking long mullet when he was a child. Uh And his mom has like a bag of his mullet hair. And I would do anything to have a piece of it so I can make it into a necklace. You know, so when my sister died, we took her hair and we sent it into a lady on Etsy who put it, like, casted it into, like, a resin ring. So, I, I don't <gasps> know if you've so ever cool. seen that, but I have, like, a ring that has, like, flowers in it because we sent her funeral flowers. She put it in the resin. I'll have to, like, oh wear it next God. time. But it's just, like, a regular piece of jewelry. And then yeah. if you look really closely at it, there's, like, little flowers in there. And we took some of my mom's wedding bouquet and stuck it in. Oh, my God. Cost, like, 25 bucks. That's so cool. Yeah, get some of his weird, greasy mullet hair. And I I'll will. send you a link to the Etsy shop that did it. Because they do rings and everything. They do pet ashes. Oh, my God, I love shebang. that. Yeah, you, there's also a girl that you can send um, ashes to and she'll turn it into a gemstone. Yeah. I say do all that shit. I do that. I say do that. I think that means more than a weird hole in the ground. Yeah, it's having a place to go and mourn. I don't like, I don't go and talk. Like for Mother's Day, I'll put like a a Mother's Day card Mm -hmm. down by the stuff. But like having it, it's just like, it's not helpful in my opinion for me. What's been helpful has been the alcohol and the dogs. Yeah, that does make sense. Um, Also, I feel like you can have like if you cremate someone and then like like bringing it back to the home, right? Yeah. Turn your living room into a death room. Put a little altar up with pictures and mementos mm-hmm. and their ashes. Light some candles. Like really Dia de la Muertos it up in yeah. here. Like normalize. Also like just normalize being fucking sad about people. Yeah. Like. Sorry, I'm hella yawning. Uh, and just like normalize death like it's so weird how we like aren't supposed to talk about it like even like a little kid if someone dies you're like they went up to heaven yeah it's like tell them whatever you want but they need to understand what death actually is yeah no i agree as well there's something like death except death acceptance is what i'm always working towards in the back of my mind right Mm -hmm. because i've gotten past the point of existential dread I was listening to this girl talk and she was like, you know, something my therapist said, it was like really enlightening to me. She's like, there are two types of people in, in the world. There are people who live their lives goal based as in like, I'm going to get this promotion. I'm going to make this much money. I'm going to have a house by this age. I'm going to have a wife by this age or a husband, whatever. I'm going to have a kid by this age. I'm going to get this new car. And then you have people who are value based who say, I want to be a good person. Mm-hmm. I want to be charitable. I want to be hospitable. 
I want to help people. And either way is fine. But for them personally, for me personally, and I think most people I know personally, Mm -hmm. being a value-based person is how you choose to live your life. And you can even argue that people who live that goal-based lifestyle never truly know happiness and accomplishments because they're always living in the future and never in the present. Right. And if there's anything society will tell you in different religions and cultures throughout time and history, they'll always say the key to happiness is living in the present. Yeah. And if you live a value-based life, you're living in the present. And if you want to have any sort of death acceptance and not have it be a crippling anxiety and fear, you need to live in the present. Um, And so I feel like I'm halfway there. I feel like I figured out I'm not having some weird existential dread because I'm not living like a 1950s housewife. Mm -hmm. I've decided that I'm the type of person who lives a value-based life. Yeah. And so now I have to work on being okay with death. Yeah. In a healthy way. That's not crippling in every day. There's also like the, do you ever get those times where you wake up at two in the morning and you're like, I'm going to die someday. You're like, up, awake now. Mm hmm. Try to put that out. Yeah. It's very much like. Yeah. You'll, you'll spiral, man. Yeah. You'll start to spiral. And yep. it's, it's something I feel like a lot of people do and no one talks about. And the reason why I think we find ourselves there in the first place is coming back to this. We don't talk about death in a healthy way. We don't mourn in a healthy way. Um, And so of course you're going to wake up in a cold sweat and have fucking an existential crisis about it. I might have it on the way home. You might. Yeah. (laughs) And that's, I think we've got to, we've got to get back to kind of doing some of this weird shit. Yeah. You know, grab it by the Prince Albert. You do have to grab it by the Prince Albert. And wear it around your neck. Turn it into a a, sh- a nice, what are these called? Brooch. Oh, that would be cool. So. I want an old Prince Albert brooch. It'd be funny if we just took Prince Albert's actual princely portrait and just turned it into a brooch. And people would be like, what's that? And you're like, it's Prince Albert. Or get Prince Albert tattooed on your wiener. <laughs> That's so meta. <laughs> get Prince Albert getting his Prince Albert tattooed on your wiener. I know. Damn. A black hole would fucking <laughs> and just suck us all <laughs> in. Would crawl out. He's like, <laughs> you have summoned me. I know it. Oh, okay. Anyway, thanks for hanging out and talking about death. Good times. I think so. Um, for, uh, forever hail Satan. Uh, hail the rogue nature of people who spit in the face of privatized burial practices. Hail them as well.